0: Near Death Dolls.
1: Hello, hello, doll faces, and welcome to episode 64 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Paige. And I'm Lisa. And we are your hosties with the mosties.
0: While talking about ghosties.
1: And other. True horror
0: shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Truth is scarier than fiction. (laughs) Paige will be covering the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy, the case that inspired the movie Candyman. Oof, yes.
1: (laughs) And we're going to wish it was Candyman who showed up in the mirror after all of this. But, Lisa, what drink will you be reflecting on tonight?
0: Oh, I will be reflecting on a Earl Grey tea with a little splash of milk because I'm on allergy meds so no drinking for me boo (laughs) (laughs) you mean booze Booze. Booze. (laughs) (laughs) when I am a ghost that will be me booze
1: (laughs) you're like there's an easy way to get me to stop bothering you right now leave out some booze tonight
0: (laughs) yes I'm like Santa Claus but leave out booze (laughs) i'm sure santa you.
1: yeah they say cookies for santa i'm sure he would appreciate like a good whiskey i don't know
0: oh yeah oh my
1: gosh you've yes. seen that belly it's... he definitely
0: that's not just cookies and milk y'all <laughs> 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 so yeah that's what i'm drinking Paige. how about you what are you reflecting on liquidiously liquidiously
1: nice let me see if that'll show up i've got a it truly does.
0: Can of Trulies. over here rubbing in those Trulies. Rub it in, rubbing girl. Rub it in. <laughs> Ooh, delish.
1: This one's the Tropical Punch one. We were talking about this briefly, that there, there's like a, a whole series of Fruit Punch, Tropical Punch in the same case. And I was lucky mm-hmm. enough that at this house I was babysitting dogs at this weekend, they know I like Trulies. They're actually just my friends. They're not even like mm-hmm. through my company or anything. They just went on vacation and I went and stayed at their house and they were like, nice. hey, if you don't finish those Trulies, just take them with you. Cause none of them like Trulies. They bought them for me. I was like, cool. all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. So nice. So, and they're delicious as you would okay. imagine they're truly
0: <laughs> yeah i haven't tried these yet and I'm, I'm glad you gave it a thumbs up because i've heard otherwise and i'm kind of like well I, I definitely trust Paige. the other person i heard it from i i can't remember i don't think i know them in person
1: oh okay all right
0: <laughs> i think it just might be one of our followers on instagram they were like eh, not so good and i'm like oh no i like all the trulies
1: well i mean that's the other thing is that i like sweet drinks and this, mm-hmm. these are a little extra sweet than a normal truly. so that might be why some people don't like them. If they're trying to go for more of a seltzer flavor, these, mm-hmm. these ones taste more like a fruit punch soda, so Oh. that's why I
0: like I them. I would not say no to that, so. Uh. <laughs> Especially in the summer, come on, gotta mm-hmm. have fun, refresh. That sounds refreshing, mm-hmm. definitely refreshing. Yes, very good. <laughs>
1: now... While we're on the topic of refreshing, we've got a new patron to thank. We do. Their name is Lyndon.
0: Hi, Lyndon.
1: Hi, Lyndon. Thank you for being a new patron. (laughs) Thank you so much for your support, and welcome to the Dolly Fam.
0: Yes, welcome. We're so excited to have you. And in other Patreon news, we're opening up our next tier called Death in the Afternoon. Boop, boop, boop. If you don't know what Death in the Afternoon is, it was one of Hemingway's favorite drinks. It was um, absinthe and champagne. I want to try
1: it really bad.
0: <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, a, little, a little hair of the dog, if you will. Um, so anyways, this tier uh, includes all the perky perks of the other levels, but you'll also get access to our future episode schedule and our brand new exclusive show called Dolly Docks.
1: That's right, Dolly Docs. It's where Lisa and I will be releasing companion episodes to whatever docu-series we happen to be watching.
0: That's right. And our first doc will be the Netflix original, The Keepers. Hell
1: yes. We've been watching it. It's crazy. It's good. hmm
0: Yeah, so definitely, if you've already seen it and you maybe want to hear our feedback on it, uh, be sure to check out that tier of patreon and that way you'll be able to hear um or if you've never seen it before watch along with us and give us your take on it too
1: absolutely that's why we love having a patreon because it's like we get to interact with our listeners Mm -hmm. otherwise we don't know what you guys think so come be a patron
0: (laughs) absolutely and that is actually our 10 dollar level death in the afternoon and we still have other levels that get you some perky perks but uh, that'll be our newest one coming out now Yes. As of now. (laughs) As of now. (laughs) And before we move on to the main episode, let's tell Paige happy birthday. Oh my God. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) Yeah. We celebrate you, Paige.
1: We celebrate me with a real tough episode (laughs) that I picked.
0: (laughs) I picked it. Thanks, Paige. (laughs) Thanks, Paige. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Lisa. That was nice. You're welcome. And if you guys want to go on our social medias, go tell Paige, happy birthday.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you
0: so much.
1: I believe it's tomorrow, but yes. Yes. That's fine. You tell me today. Tell me all the days. I'm happy. Yeah. Month month long birthday. (laughs) That's right. But yeah, we do have an episode to get to. Are you ready, Lisa? Never. No. You shouldn't be ready for this. It is a tough one. Now, did you ever see the movie Candyman?
0: I've never seen it. I'm the worst.
1: No, you're not. I haven't seen okay. it either, and I'm doing a whole episode kind of about it.
0: <laughs> I think there's a new one coming out. Yes, there is. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. The, the guy who did Get Out and mm-hmm. Us is gonna produce a new one. I
0: don't know if he's writing it. Uh, Jordan Peele. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved. I loved Us. Oh my gosh, I want to go rewatch it. That like I liked Get Out. That was good. It had good twist. I enjoyed it. Us. Oh my gosh, I loved it. That's so
1: great to hear you say it, because that one is like, so everyone didn't like that one after they watched Get Out. That's what
0: I heard. That's what I heard. And I'm like, how can you not love this one? This one blew my mind.
1: I love both of them. I I did too, yeah. I can't wait to see what he's done with Candyman. I guess we should go see the other one first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See the original? Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's, I've heard it's actually a pretty good movie, so I'm down to watch it. I just haven't had the opportunity yet.
0: Okay.
1: And the topic of today, so that movie came out in 1992, the original Candyman,
0: mm-hmm.
1: starring Tony Todd as the Candyman. I've heard nothing but good things about him.
0: I've never heard of him, so.
1: <laughs> if you saw him, you would know who he is. He was in a lot of stuff in the 90s. I think he was even on some episodes of The X-Files. Like, you would have seen his face. I just can't, you know, like, definitely Candyman was, I think, his starring.
0: Tony Todd?
1: Tony Todd.
0: Oh, yes, okay, I recognize him. Okay. I recognize him now.
1: Yes, yeah, so he has been in a few things for sure. Yes. So so the, the thing about this case is that it kind of inspired the movie Candyman. Mm-hmm. That movie was also based on a short story by Clive Barker and mm-hmm. that's called The Forbidden.
0: Okay, I've heard of Clive Barker. Yes,
1: yes, Hellraiser. Uh, fame.
0: <laughs> Still haven't seen. Oh yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll get
1: you on there. <laughs> now, the, the short story he wrote called "The Forbidden." That takes place in England. It's just about urban legends. It doesn't have to do with the case we're doing today. Okay. So the thing about the movie is that in the beginning of Candyman, they talk about how a woman got murdered in Chicago's housing project. Okay. And it's a, it's a very brief nod to this case. Okay. Ruthie okay. Mae. Cool. Now, I also want to do a shout out to our patron, Savannah, because Savannah is the one who sent me the very in-depth and well-written articles about this case that I had no idea that this existed. So thank you, Savannah. Oh
0: my God. Thank you, Savannah.
1: Yeah. Big shout out. Because I, I was like, what the fuck? This is intense. <laughs> <laughs> great it's gonna be great but the the sources for today are mainly from these articles that Savannah sent me and the articles were written by Steve Bogira for the Chicago Reader Mm in 1987 so it was to the time period when this happened here's the story Ruthie Mae McCoy was known in her building as Miss Mae the crazy, funny, old lady who carried a stick around and shook it at kids as she yelled at them.
0: So she wasn't, like, Miss America, Miss May, like a pageant <laughs> queen? <laughs> nope. On a calendar? She wasn't on the Hooters calendar as Miss May? She should have been. That
1: would have been great.
0: <laughs> I love to ha- see her posing with her cane.
1: Yes! She's my hero for that. Yell at all the kids.
0: <laughs> Damn kids, off my lawn! <sighs>
1: exactly and she would she would yell at them for playing their music too loud for like hassling her yes she was well known she lived in one of seven high-rise community housing projects known as grace abbott homes Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: chicago's near west side
0: i know nothing about chicago you've been though right no you were going to go right
1: i went there with steam-powered giraffe we went but we were just flying into Chicago, and then we went to Rosemont, which is not uh, Chicago. So okay. I've never really been. I gotcha. I don't know much about it either. I've just had to, to read up on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I get anything wrong, please let me know, because I do want to get it right. <laughs> so thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> these buildings were 15 stories high, and considered these specific ones, Grace Abbott Homes, were considered to be the most dangerous places to live in the Chicago Housing Authority development. Ooh. Yeah, so these are projects. These are like the, the uh, affordable housing in Chicago.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Now, the living conditions in the Grace Abbott homes started off being safe and clean and beautiful and fun and nice place to live. Mm-hmm. That was back in 1955, right when they were first built. Okay, cool. Uh, the gangs, unfortunately, did start to move in in the 60s.
0: the worst?
1: It is. The problem was the Chicago Housing Authority that ran the projects stopped doing screenings of potential residents. They just let whoever move in. Right. And that's how the gangs got in there. Then by the mid-1970s things got worse because the CHA stopped doing any renovations on the building at all.
0: Oh come on like I hate when that happens because Things have the potential to be so good, and then the money stops being invested in upkeep, and then things just fall to shit, and then people have to live in shit. Yeah, they're
1: stuck, because literally, if they could live somewhere Mm -hmm. else, they
0: would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no one wants to live like that.
1: No. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And they stopped renovations in the 70s, and these these homes got built back in the 50s, so it was already old. It was already Mm -hmm. falling apart. If they had kept up the maintenance and the renovations, it might have been okay. But they didn't.
0: That's stupid, but it is, that is how it happens, isn't it? It is.
1: Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 70s, I guess, was a pretty shitty decade from what I've heard of people who lived in
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, when I think about, like, decades and stuff, I never think positively about the 70s. I don't, I mean, some people really do, but I just, from, like, the 70s to the 90s, I'm like, those are kind of crap. Yeah,
1: I mean, I liked the music, but that's not reflective of how it was. (laughs) No. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. I don't, there, there, it was not going well. Now, because of all this, in the 1980s, Grace Abbott homes were in such disrepair that living there was a nightmare. Transients, drug addicts, gang members, and drug dealers roamed the dark hallways and stairwells, attacking passerbys. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Yeah, and they didn't even live there, but it didn't matter. They could just walk in.
0: Access it, yeah. Yes.
1: And they didn't have lights, so everything was really dark. The hallway lights, the stairwell lights. Anytime the janitor would get permission to change the lights, which took forever anyway to get the permission, Mm -hmm. then someone would steal the light bulb, and then the hallway would be dark again for six months.
0: I like how you're like, the hallways were literally dark, not like dark like you're painting a picture of the scene here is literally dark. Just dark. People are stealing light bulbs. Yeah
1: no light no windows. (laughs) (laughs) Completely dark stairwells and the um elevators never worked so you had to use the stairwells which were very dangerous because of the people in there.
0: (sighs) Yeah. This this is painting a very interesting picture and it feels like the start to a horror movie. (laughs) Yes yes the Candyman
1: and you know what the Candyman movie was actually filmed In a different set of projects, not necessarily the Grace Abbott Homes, but very similar. Okay. So if you watch that, you get an idea of what this Mm -hmm. one would be like. Okay. Here's a direct quote from the article that I was talking about earlier, my source. In CHA Towers, babies have been tossed out of windows, and teenagers shoved down elevator chutes.
0: No, Paige, come on. I
1: know. Intruders... Sometimes bust right through apartment walls, because the walls were in disrepair, of course.
0: Yeah, and probably thin as shit.
1: Thin as shit, yeah. And if you're, you know, on PCP, you don't care. You're going to bust down the wall. Why not?
0: (laughs) Why the hell not? You can't feel it.
1: Yeah, you need the money to get more PCP. (laughs) So, and it says, so what's unusual about a medicine cabinet murder? Mm -hmm. And living in a place like this would make anyone paranoid. This issue for Ruthie Mae McCoy was that she was already paranoid before she moved there.
0: Well, I would be, too. When Did she move in? She didn't move in right when it opened, right? She moved in a little bit later.
1: Yeah, she moved in in the eight. Okay.
0: Okay, so, oh, yeah. then She already knew what that place was about and how it was. I would definitely be on her level there. Very paranoid. You kind of have to be living in a place like that, I think.
1: Just to be on your, on your guard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she was born in 1935 in Arkansas. By the time Ruthie was in her early 20s, she began showing signs of paranoia. She began talking to herself on the street and also started yelling and cursing at strangers.
0: Okay, so it wasn't that she was paranoid before she got there because she was worried about going there. She actually had true paranoia.
1: A little bit of both, okay. I'm sure, because she did know what okay. that place was going to be like. But yeah, yeah. She did have a little bit, of a touch of paranoia. Um, she was never diagnosed as schizophrenic because they said at the clinic that she went to that she actually had really good hygiene. She could take care of herself. So if she was schizophrenic, she was only, I don't know if there's such a thing as a mild case of schizophrenia, but that, that would have been her because she, they did not, say that mm. she was diagnosed with schizophrenia they said that she wasn't she just had some paranoia
0: yeah I mean there may be levels of it like extremities extremities extreme Ex- is that the right word extremities
1: no but it sounds like it <laughs> I'm
0: trying There's to think different of it. levels of it yeah that
1: I would think so I think I almost had the word that you were going
0: for and then I lost it <laughs> I don't know. extremes, extremes. different extremes yeah right extremities. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: i'll knock the octopus over here yeah yeah she's got eight arms and all paranoid <laughs> but yeah yeah so right. they think it's likely that she had some sort of schizophrenia but okay not officially diagnosed she did take medication for it though all right in 1962 at the age of 27 ruthie got pregnant and gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Vernita. oh cute she was a single mother the father was not in the picture hmm So Ruthie had to try and support herself and her daughter through a series of jobs like housekeeper or attendant at a laundromat or things like that. Right. Not a lot of money coming in. And because of her mental health challenges, she wouldn't be able to hold down a job for more than a few months at a time. Yeah,
0: that's, that's terrible. Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah, and
1: her daughter, Vernita, had to stay with her family a few times while Ruthie was being institutionalized on and off.
0: And they don't always take good care of you at institutions.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Not
0: always. I mean, there, there are some exceptions, but in this case, it probably not.
1: I wouldn't think so. Later on in her life, we're gonna find that she finds a good clinic, but Okay. Who, back then, who knows what was going on. It, it clearly wasn't helping because she would go off her medication. You know, it just it wasn't a good situation. Great. Ruthie and Vernita moved to different housing projects throughout Chicago. In 1983, Ruthie moved into the infamous Grace Abbott Homes.
0: Yikes. Mm-hmm. And
1: Vernita, at that point, she Vernita already had two kids and her boyfriend, Lewis Butler.
0: Okay, so her daughter's grown already? Her daughter's grown okay Mm -hmm. with her own kids okay Mm -hmm. yeah but they all live together in the
1: grace abbott homes yeah but unfortunately ruthie did not get along with vernita's boyfriend lewis yeah they said i don't know they kept saying this about ruthie they're like she didn't like men after uh for vernita's dad left and i was like you know
0: can you blame her (laughs) you can't really blame her for that some people like after they're done with the next or you know anybody they'll be like i'm done like don't i don't trust men i don't like men yeah and same can go for women too oh uh, you know vice vice versa vices versus vices yeah exactly
1: versus. exactly mm-hmm. yeah you never know and just because she didn't like one guy or she told apparently she told a few girls that lived in grace abbott homes that their boyfriends weren't good and it's like maybe their boyfriends weren't good
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's seen something she knows right she's just looking out for these girls
1: who knows i don't know mm-hmm. Then Vernita and her family moved out leaving Ruthie alone in the apartment. Afterwards Ruthie would complain to her neighbor she didn't like living alone.
0: Yeah, I can get lonely.
1: Yeah, she got lonely. She wished she had someone to live with and she missed seeing her grandkids. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was she likes living with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But she didn't like living in Grace Abbott Homes.
0: Sounds like a dump. <laughs> yes,
1: sounds like an awful
0: place. Especially by the 80s. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right in the time she was living there, uh uh-uh. Not good. In order to move out, Ruthie decided to turn her life around. She began visiting a local outpatient facility called Mount Sinai Psychiatric Center. Okay, good.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah, As far as I can tell, this place was really good. Where she was able to get medications for her condition, participate Mm -hmm. in group therapy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: take GED classes, which she was very good at,
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Yes, she was going to get her GED. She was taking arts and crafts sessions. She was Mm -hmm. taking meals with other patients. She was thriving.
0: Good. That's good.
1: Yes, yes. Everyone loved her there, too. Mm -hmm. Those who worked at the facility said Ruthie was respected by the other patients, and she would give advice to younger girls about parenting (laughs) or breaking up with abusive or cheating boyfriends. (laughs) Sounds like she
0: has experience with both.
1: Yeah, she's just trying to help these girls out. You know, she's like, Mm -hmm. I've been where you've been. I had to raise my daughter. You know, it's, it's tough out there.
0: It is, yeah. For shizzle.
1: No, I like this center. Besides all that, it sounds like a good place anyway.
0: Yeah, it sounds like she was getting what she needed.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. For once. Now that she's in her 50s, she's finally getting some help. Yeah, The center helped Ruthie apply for supplemental security income for those with disabilities. And because she hasn't been able to hold down a job because of her paranoia, she qualified for it. Yeah. Two months before the break-in that happened, Ruthie was approved to receive $340 a month. Doesn't sound like a lot of money, but it's life-changing for her.
0: Oh, yeah. That's definitely money she didn't have before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was uh, retroactive, so she even got a little bit more. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. When she... um was it called? Applied for it. It was retroactive Mm -hmm. to that date. Okay. She got a nice check of change. Good. She planned to move out of the godforsaken Grace Abbott homes. Good. Thank God. Even bought herself a nicer coat to face what the Windy City had to offer.
0: Good girl. You deserve it. Get that coat. Get that coat. Stay warm. Yeah. Unfortunately
1: she might have should have hold off on that coat because it made her stand out. To the criminals and the gangsters who knew what her old coat used to look like. Was it, like, fur-lined or something? I don't think Mink? so. It said it was plain. It said, they said it was a new coat, but that it was still plain, so it's not, like, a fancy thing.
0: I'm sure she didn't blow, like, a full 300-something dollars on a coat, like... I doubt yeah. it. I'm sure she just
1: got herself a coat without holes in it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, they probably just noticed a clean, brand new, no holes, no tears or snags or anything like a, a coat
1: i'm sure i'm sure they yeah. were just watching and they were like oh she's come into a little bit of money
0: yeah
1: they wanted a piece of it so on april 22nd 1987 at 8:45 p.m <laughs> ruthie called 911 she said someone's trying to get into her apartment oh. specifically through the bathroom
0: what floor was she on
1: oh she's up there i think she's on the 11th floor
0: are they trying to come in through her bath? I guess if there's a fire escape outside, that makes sense, I guess. Logically. Well, we're going to hear
1: more about it later, oh, but these okay. bathrooms were right up against each other, so they could get in from the other side of the wall.
0: Uh, them PCP folks. Yes, <laughs> yes, you don't want to mess with them.
1: <laughs> she said, oh, the dispatch, the dispatcher asked, they want to get in because they were having a hard time understanding her. She replied, Yeah, they throwed the cabinet down. Oh, shit. Of course, the dispatcher didn't know what the fuck she was talking about, but she was talking about the bathroom mirror. Yeah. We know that Ruthie had some sort of paranoid mental health issues. Yeah. To hear a paranoid, possibly schizophrenic talk about someone coming in through the bathroom, you might think she was having an episode.
0: Possibly. Especially if she can't communicate it, you know, I guess, appropriately. Or maybe if she had yeah. called the police before and they're like, uh, she's just, you know, she's not all there.
1: Yes, the cops did know her. Okay. So, you know, they might have been like, oh, it's just Ruthie again, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think the dispatcher necessarily knew her, but what <clears throat> he did know was that Ruthie was calling from Grace Abbott homes, where there's a lot of violence and break-ins and the cops aren't necessarily, you know, cops don't necessarily like to go there.
0: Doesn't sound like anybody likes to go there unless you're there to cause trouble.
1: Exactly. So that's, and the, you know, no elevator, no lights mm-hmm. in the hallways. The cops don't like going there either. And also, they didn't understand what Ruthie was saying.
0: Yeah, because that, the way you said it didn't really make sense to me until you kind of explained it. But, right. Yeah.
1: Ruthie didn't. Ruthie yeah. didn't know how to explain it any better. So... Unfortunately, when they sent officers, they marked it as a disturbance with a neighbor.
0: A disturbance in the force. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. With the bathroom mirror force.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not as uh, serious as a home invasion. So the cops took their time getting there.
0: Uh, Of course they did.
1: Yeah. What it actually took. So that was at 845 when she made her call at 902 and 904 two different neighbors of Ruthie's called to report hearing gunshots from 1109, which was Ruthie's apartment. Oh, gosh. Well, of course, after that, the cops showed up pretty quick. Uh, they should have been on their way. They should have already been there. Yes. Yeah. Or on their way. You're, you're right. You're mm-hmm. on their way, at least. Yeah. After that, four cops showed up at Ruthie's door at nine ten 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. They started knocking, but there was no answer. Mm-hmm. Well, they had the dispatch call her, They could hear the call ringing inside the apartment. No one answered the call. Uh Uh-huh. I wonder why. (laughs) Heard gunshots. Nobody's answering the door. She had just called. She probably didn't go anywhere. You know, I I would think that logically you'd understand what happened, but the cops didn't.
0: This can only end badly, okay?
1: Yes, this is not going well. (laughs) There was two officers waiting downstairs, and they were going to get a key so they went to the front office got a key for ruthie's apartment and they took it upstairs they used it on the door but it was the wrong key it didn't work
0: why didn't they just get one of the pcp people to just come bust through the wall right? like right? it sounds like it's not a hard thing to do
1: <laughs> right That those walls are crumbling like cookies
0: <laughs> yeah this part already hole there that has some like tissue paper covering it i don't know yeah of cardboard just, yeah just open the cardboard door <laughs>
1: exactly it's not gonna be that hard to get in they they bust down harder doors than this yeah yeah they, they were like, oh, it's the wrong key, and the front office was like, we don't have any other keys, that's the only one, and the janitor didn't have any keys. So the cops, like, started talking to some neighbors, the neighbors were like, if Ruthie didn't answer, then something's wrong. Yeah. But the cops were like, oh, well, they left. They didn't do anything else. They left at 945. break
0: down the door, damn it! It's not that hard. It's not
1: that hard. You know they would have done that at any other place.
0: You made my accent come out. <laughs> How dare you, cops? You made Lisa Texan. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously.
1: (laughs) Now, that was at 945, so they left. Okay. On April 23rd, which was just the next day, one of Ruthie's neighbors, Deborah, who is her friend, called the cops to report Ruthie missing. Okay. Because Ruthie visits her every day and Ruthie did not visit her. And she's like, "I I knew there was cops here yesterday. This doesn't bode well.
0: Why did they leave? Why did they leave? Why did oh they leave? <laughs> I know. I, you probably do have to have a, a warrant. Would you have to have a warrant to open someone else's door? Or, I mean, a, a welfare check, you could. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In that circumstance, when they'd been getting calls about gunshots and things. Seriously. I'm pretty sure they would have been fine to knock the door down. I don't know right. why they didn't. They didn't want to be there any longer than they had to. Yeah. Now, after Deborah called the cops, they showed up again. And again, they left without entering the apartment. What? This time they Um, had half a dozen officers knocking on the door. Like, that's going to change. Okay, what?
0: what? Yeah, you add a couple, half a dozen. Okay, Mm -hmm. you got like six officers knocking on the door. Bitch, please. Is this helpful? adding more police officers knocking? Yes. No, you go check the apartments side to side and behind or whatever you can do. You figure something out.
1: This is the second call, or technically this is like the fourth call Mm -hmm. for this incident, and Mm -hmm. they still aren't knocking down the door. Yeah. And plus, there were several security guards from the building with Mm -hmm. the cops. Mm -hmm. This time it was kind of the security guard's fault, because when the cops were like, okay, well, we're going to bust down the door, the security guard said, eh, oh, you might get, we we, the company that does the projects might get sued if she's inside and is fine. And it's like, well, if she's fine, why isn't she answering the door?
0: Yeah. Oh, stupid security guard. You're going to listen to a rent-a-cop? Exactly.
1: You're talking to actual cops listening to the security guard going, we might get sued. It's like, well, if she's dead, you're not going to get sued. Because, you know, <laughs> she got to get it. Well, someone sue. might
0: sue you for not knocking down the door. Come on. Yes. <laughs> it's very
1: awful. Very stupid. But anyway, the cops left again.
0: It wasn't until April
1: 24th, which had been two days since the initial 911 call, Uh Deborah, the friend, went and got someone from the front office. Uh She's like, I'm sick of this. I need to find where my friend is. Uh Someone from the front office went to Ruthie's apartment and took the door off its hinges because that, you know, they didn't want to bust down the door.
0: Yeah.
1: That was when they discovered Ruthie's body. She was lying on her side in the bedroom in a pool of blood. Ow. Yes, she'd been sitting there for two days. But... Later, the medical examiner stated, after doing an autopsy, that Ruthie was shot four times. Once in her left shoulder, left hip, in her abdomen, and through her arm. Through her right arm. Ouch. That last one that went through her arm, the the right arm, went into her chest and also severed her pulmonary vein.
0: Oh shit. Yeah, that she might have survived the other ones, but that no.
1: Yes, yes, she might. Those other ones were not as deadly. That one is one that killed her. Yeah. So the medical examiner said, even if she'd been rushed to the hospital, she wouldn't have been saved. They could have tried. They could have tried if they put had put a little busted effort into
0: it. Come on, guys, earn your donuts. I don't know. Come Sorry, on, cops. No offense, but it, these aren't it, good, good cops.
1: These are not no. happy cops. No. Now, Ruthie's murder, unfortunately, that this wasn't big news. Uh huh. Because unfortunately, she was only one of three murders that took place in the housing projects within the span of that week. That week? That same week, two other people were also murdered. So it was just another number. These are people. Oh my god. These are people. It's the same as
0: anybody Shit.
1: else. The other murders, there was a forty year old man who was beaten and kicked to death. No. There was another, there was a 20-year-old woman who was in a fight with a 25-year-old woman, and the 25-year-old woman stabbed the 20-year-old woman in the chest right outside Ruthie's building.
0: Shit! Come on, people. Get it together. It didn't didn't even show up in the news because
1: it was just a chalk it up to another project killing. (sighs) Yeah. People are like, eh, another one. Who cares? It's like, no, mm-hmm. well, i just still a person. <laughs> so. It is
0: still a person. I think yes. people forget that, like, when it comes to numbers, you know, on the news. If it yeah. even makes it into the numbers on the news. Yeah. Uh, exactly. It's a person.
1: They, they uh, chalk it up to statistics and numbers and Yep. It's still a person. But yeah. it wasn't until June 10th that Ruthie made the newspaper. That was in April, from April to June.
0: That's like, what, two months?
1: About two months. Yeah. And it was determined that her assailants had entered her apartment through the bathroom mirror, just like she'd been trying to tell the dispatch. That's insane. And that's the only reason it made it into the newspaper, because that sounds a little different. It's not a regular gang violence. It's like, what? Mirror?
0: Excuse me? I kind of wonder how the setup was. So. Did they knock down her mirror? Like, did they take off, like, if you had a mirrored bathroom, that sounds weird. If you're, <laughs> the layout of your bathroom is mirrored, like, in my house growing up, the bathrooms, you you could walk from one side to the other side, and you could see both bathrooms. They were a duplicate of each other mirrored. Oh. Um. So, literally, in my house I grew up in, you could take down the mirror and punch a hole and come out through the mirror on the other side.
1: Yeah, that's very similar. We're actually going to get into it right now. how they designed these buildings and why it was a bad design Mm -hmm. in the 1950s when the projects were built they included maintenance tunnels in between apartments
0: what's a maintenance tunnel exactly just basically
1: a crawl space that a maintenance guy can get through easier
0: okay all right gotcha i was like trying to imagine (laughs) how they would have room for tunnels between floors but okay crawl space makes right more of a crawl space yeah okay
1: Tunnel is maybe a little bit generous. It was a very sh- small area. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't every apartment, just the ones at the end of the hallways. And they happen to be have the bathrooms back to back like I mentioned before. Okay. Ruthie's just unlucky enough to be in one of those apartments. Yeah. All they have to do. So if you're unlucky and live next door to someone who has nefarious intentions, Mm-hmm. All they have to do is take their mirror off, go through the tiny little crawl space, mm-hmm. get to your, the uh, back of your mirror, mm-hmm. or your, it's it's a, it's a cabinet, so it's like a medicine cabinet with a mirror on the front. Mm-hmm. All they had to do was take out six screws, pull the thing out, they can get into your apartment. Six screws. That's it. Oh my god. So technically 12 screws, because they do their screws, then they do your screws, <laughs> and then they get in and you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're screwed. (laughs) You're screwed. Thank you. 12 screws and you're screwed. Yep. Heard it from Paige. That's all it takes. (laughs) We need that on a t-shirt. 12 screws and you're screwed.
1: 12 screws and you're screwed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so that wasn't, that was every floor had those, Mm -hmm. not just hers, but for hers, it just happened to be that they say that the apartment that was right behind hers that got into her apartment Mm -hmm. was vacant because the person who had lived there was paid off by the gangs in the area to get the fuck out. Like, here's some money. Don't tell them you're leaving. And so basically, as far as the housing authority is concerned, there's still someone living there. So it's a vacant apartment uh-huh. that the gangs have access to. Well, shit. Stash stuff. Attack other people. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what happened. Ugh. Ruthie's TV, these are the things that they know were missing. Obviously, I'm sure there was much more than this, but they said her TV, her rocking chair. Aw. Yeah, why take the rocking chair? I don't know. (laughs) And her phone were all missing.
0: This is the 80s, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm, 87.
0: Okay, so they're not taking, like, a cell phone that could be worth a couple hundred dollars. They're taking, like...
1: The rotary, basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If she still had a rotary, yeah, or just the, the landline dial push the button beep beep beep
1: yeah not very okay. expensive nothing mm-hmm. fancy i'm sure it's just a phone yeah it was not an iphone definitely was not an iphone <laughs> it's a little early for that yes yes now the tv i get that that makes sense that kind of seems like something people would still steal Lisa's. yeah
0: but the phone just seems weird wait if they took the phone how did they hear it ring?
1: you're thinking with your brain lisa i love it just barely but yeah <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, I don't even have this in the notes, but they uh-huh. said that in the article. He was like, you think about it. If the phone was missing, the person, um, the when the cops were calling, they could hear it inside. The person who broke in had two days after that to That's go through true. and sweep yeah. in and get the phone. And, you know, who knows, maybe they heard it ringing and they're like, oh, shit.
0: Let it ring. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could have leisurely, you know, stolen things. Like, they didn't have to be quick about it, obviously, because no one was breaking down the door. Nobody. They just left Ruthie there. I'm sure the, the,
1: the criminals, like, jumped in, killed her, took what they wanted. Or maybe mm-hmm. they just grabbed one or two things, and then mm-hmm. they, like, kind of peeked in, and they're like, oh, her body's still in there. We've got time.
0: They're like, no one's coming. Like, the police are just politely knocking. Yeah. Yeah. And they
1: left twice. Yeah. Without coming through. So there was no fingerprints. There's no evidence whatsoever. They even got to clean up some blood. Like, it was just clean house. The killers My had God. all the time in the world. My God. Mm-hmm. All right. You blame the cops for that one. Now, and the security guards.
0: Yeah, let blame them.
1: So two men were arrested in the weeks following Ruthie May's murder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got Edward Turner, who was 19. Mm-hmm and John Hondress, who was 25.
0: Okay, so some, some young guys.
1: Got some young guys. They did live in the projects, and it was based on the testimony of one witness named Tim Brown.
0: Tim Brown? What do you know? Not
1: a lot. I'll tell you that. Tim yeah. Brown claimed that that night, that same night, he saw Turner and Hondress enter Ruthie's apartment with intent to rob her.
0: I thought you were going to say Turner and Hooch. Turner got and got Hooch. real excited. <laughs> Talk about the 80s. <laughs> Oh, Tom Hanks. I love him. <laughs> right? I love the hooch.
1: I know, with that big, sweet face. <laughs> <laughs> now, they thought, apparently, according to Tim Brown, and we're going to find out, he's not a reliable witness. Okay. According to him, they killed her when she started shouting. They had assumed she wasn't home when they got into her house.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And they panicked when she started shouting. Yeah. Yeah they stashed the stolen goods in another apartment that both of their former girlfriends also testified that they'd seen them that night with a tv in the rocking chair mm-hmm. so you know, like i said though tim brown tim brown f- said those were the guys who did it and i had nothing to do with it okay i don't know for sure because he also in that first testimony he said they did it at 11 p.m but ruthie may called 911 at eight forty five. Oh, yeah. So, the time doesn't match up.
0: Well, maybe he was talking about when they were passing the rocking chair through the wall. Yeah, I know, right? Like, That's, how like, did they like, even fit that out? <laughs> I mean, did they... I mean, okay, I'm trying to think of, like, a medicine cabinet mirror, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're working with here? Okay, took some yeah. screws down. How big was that medicine cabinet it cannot it be cannot that very big. That big it cannot, cannot be that very that big. big
1: no I-, I don't know if they got that one out the front door when no one was watching i have no idea
0: okay that, yeah okay if they entered that way but, but then and
1: it then came locked back. up uh, i don't know
0: i don't know this sounds weird
1: it's a very strange case there's a lot that we don't know because there was two whole days of just this. oh
0: yeah that's fine because i mean okay that makes sense You could probably literally walk all the items out the front door, lock it from the inside, you know, on your way out, or if it had to be locked from the inside, you just hop back through your mirror hole.
1: Yeah, you've already got all the access you want. Yeah. For two days, full two days, you could, they could have stripped the place. and They didn't, which is weird to me. Maybe there really wasn't that much left.
0: I don't think there's much she had that would be of value. I'm sure they took what was of value. do they need do do they need clothes old lady clothes sorry 50 year olds i don't mean it like that but i'm like do they need do they need her clothes young
1: guys no they're probably not looking at her nice new coat and thinking i need that maybe they gave it to their grandma or something but according to the cops that wasn't missing so but unfortunately tim brown's testimony changed several times (laughs) and it was thrown out in the end his testimony oh no because they were just like, obviously, he's not... He's not telling the truth. Not reliable. Not reliable. And there just wasn't enough evidence against Edward and John to do mm-hmm. anything about it. So they did have a trial in 1990. Okay. Both defendants were found not guilty. hmm Because they just had...
0: No evidence.
1: Yeah. Could have been anybody, really. The judge had this to say. Had the Chicago Police Department performed with minimal competence... <laughs> Damn, judge. Tell them what's up. I like this judge. Yeah. <laughs> With minimal competence, they would have in all probability recovered evidence. And mm. since it was almost immediately after the event, possibly even the perpetrator. Damn it! If they had just busted down that door, they would have seen the people inside or seen <laughs> them running and followed them and known that they were in the other apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, remember Ruthie's daughter, Vernita? Yeah. She sued the CHA for her mother's preventable murder.
0: Oh, so someone's getting sued. It was going right. to happen either way. Might as well have busted down the
1: door that first night.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Or second, even.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't. Re- I found this in so many places talking about how Vernita had sued the CHA. Not one place could I find if she got any money out of it. Oh, that sucks. I hope she did. She had two kids to raise. Her her mom was dead from preventable, you know, the the thing is that Ruthie had been telling the front office like my bathroom mirror is wobbly. Like you they could have secured it better after all of her complaints. Yeah. They could have had the key to her front door. They didn't. They could, have, you know, all of these <sighs> things that they fucked up. Poor Ruthie Mae is the one who had to suffer for that.
0: That's messed up.
1: Yeah. Now the buildings themselves, not just the Grace Grace Abbott Homes, all of those projects were condemned and completely demolished by 2007.
0: It sounds like they needed it, so they went from what 55 you say 55 to 2007. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it might need to been gone, especially if it hadn't been upkept up kept kept up with. <laughs> yeah,
1: since the 70s, they hadn't done any renovation whatsoever.
0: You got to take care of the things that take care of you, okay? That's, yeah. that's how it works.
1: You can't just, like, let it go yeah. and hope that this building will stay intact. No. <laughs> but anyway, that's the case of Ruthie Mae McCoy. Oh, my
0: gosh. This poor woman. Okay, so I'm guessing it ties into the Candyman because it, is it like a Bloody Mary situation where you say Candyman in the mirror so many times and he comes through the mirror?
1: Yes, it is. Ugh. It's Five times apparently in the movie, not three oh. times, but yeah, you say it five times. Candyman shows up. He's got a hook for a hand, and he has bees in his stomach or something. Oh, I'm sure everyone who's listening right now is like, you, you guys need to just watch the movie because I'm sure <laughs> it makes sense in the movie. I don't get why he has a bunch of bees, but he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like a hook and bees. I'm sure there's a story there. I'm sure there's a story there. They'll explain. There's it. gotta be. There's. Gotta I hope be. so. I don't know. Sometimes I watch a movie and they don't explain something. I'm like, why? why? Why did any of that happen? Like, is there something that we're missing?
1: Like, you need to tie it in somewhere. Come on.
0: Yeah. Gosh, I was watching a movie the other day. I'm like, why did they do that? And oh, What was I watching? I feel like I was watching Beetlejuice. I'm like, why Why was that even a thing? Beetlejuice? Oh, yeah. Okay, Here's here's why. Here's why. In Beetlejuice. I just... Okay, so they were talking about how the Maitlands, the ghost people that originally owned the home, had lived there for 125 years. But they oh. had been gone... But yeah, but I'm like, huh? They don't explain what that means. Is it like in ghost years that they lived in that house? Yeah, that's or, a long
1: time.
0: Yeah, they said uh, you lived in the house for 125 years. But they while they were waiting to get seen by Juno the caseworker, they were gone for like three months. Which, I'm like, okay, maybe time moves differently when you're dead in the old juice world. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. Juno's like, you lived in the house for 125 years, which only gives you, like, so many credits to see me or, you know, vouchers to see me. But I'm like, they never explain that. They don't explain the time of live there for 125 years. I don't get it.
1: You know, now that you're mentioning that, I remember watching that movie as a kid (laughs) and being like... Does that add up? And then just being like, whatever, movie sense, just going to turn off my brain.
0: (laughs) I I think it's just meaning ghost time. Like, you live in that house for 125, like, ghost years. So, but they don't ever, like, explain it. So I'm like, okay, move on.
1: And then everyone else who moved in later was like, what is this, the little house on the prairie or something like that? (laughs) Yeah oh anyways. indoor outhouse that's what they said yeah. oh an indoor outhouse <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh man that's such a great movie but anyways yeah i guess i'm gonna have to see Candyman, the old one and then the new one that's coming out which a part of me kind of wants to just say screw it to the old one and see the new one because it's gonna be more you
1: know mm-hmm. if you don't see a
0: movie when it comes out and you wait like so many years sometimes it loses its uh appeal maybe if that makes any sure. sense sure because it's just so outdated, the acting might be a little... Like, acting style and filmography style might be a little outdated um, that it becomes a little difficult for someone to watch. Like, especially me, because I don't really watch a ton of older movies unless I saw them when they came out, and that they hold nostalgia for me. But does that make any sense? Absolutely, because okay.
1: there's a lot of times where a movie that came out from forever ago, who knows, mm-hmm. like 60s, 70s, 80s, they make references to things going on at the time, and that you're watching them now and going... I assume that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
1: But some little offhand comment about the Reagan administration. It's like, okay, I can, I can kind of follow that. <laughs> right, right, right. That's our episode today. I do want to watch Candyman. I forgot yeah, to say too. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like what you heard, maybe you'd like to join our Patreon. We we talked a little bit about it earlier in the episode. If you ever want to go in and check it out, we have another exclusive show on there besides Dolly Docs. It's called Dolls After Dark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We like to bring in some topics. It's more conversational.
0: It's just fun. Just a fun time. It is a fun time. We always have a good time and I think our other Patreons enjoy it as well. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. I've had no complaints thus far. <laughs> right. They've stuck around, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing something right now. Yeah. <laughs> but come check us
1: out if you're interested. The links are in our show notes.
0: That's right. And speaking of checking things out, check out our socials. Come follow us on Instagram at Near Death Dolls Podcast. Tweet us on the Twitter at Near Death Dolls. We have a TikTok account where we're having so much fun. Uh, To search Near Death Dolls podcast. And we're on Tumblr at Near Death Dolls at Tumblr. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Near Death Dolls dot Tumblr dot com. And if you want to help a doll out, please subscribe and leave us a review. They mean so much to us. You have no idea.
1: We'd love to see some reviews come in. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd
0: be awesome takes two seconds you can just leave us a couple stars five is what we aim for but uh just do a little mm. type type like yeah this podcast is awesome woo woo and whatever you want to write you can write whatever you want it's and uh, af whatever you want to say you can be and af let's see how many bitchin afs we can get <gasps> that'd be awesome <laughs> hopefully that translates to translates that this is a good podcast <laughs> i hope so <laughs> <laughs> and as
1: always darling dolls please be good to each other
0: until next time. Bye bye. Bye everybody. Check don't check bother your mirrors. your neighbor. Yeah, I know right. Check check on your neighbor. Check your mirrors. Yeah, just be careful. It's crazy out there. It's crazy out there. You can't trust anybody except uh-huh. for Lisa and me. That's it, that's it. <laughs> 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 not it's your really mama, good. not your daddy, not your partner. Just mm-hmm. Lisa, Lisa not page. your neighbor? You don't know. You don't know. They've been coming through your mirror. <laughs> right, they're trying to come get your rocking chair. <laughs> Hold your eyes to it close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. A special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see
1: more from him, check out the links in our show notes.